and welcome back, everyone, to another edition of Citizen Sports. Appreciate everyone tuning in this week for the April 14 edition of the Citizen Sports Podcast. Matt Reynolds, along with Jake Martin, bringing you your Washtenaw Citizen Sports this week. I want to mention we're available on iTunes uh, by searching hannapub.com. Go on there, subscribe, rate, please, and uh, send us any comments, suggestions, or tips to sports at washtenawcitizen.com. Also available on SoundCloud and on Podbean, and of course, washtenawcitizen.com. Got a lot going on this week. I want to talk a little bit about the LSU spring game. Coming up on Saturday at 3 p.m. will be broadcast on SEC Network. Uh, got a little bit to talk about, obviously, with local baseball. Got some big heated district games that are going to mean a lot coming up uh, either uh, Thursday night, tonight, uh, if the rain lets that happen, if the weather you know, cooperates, which right now sounding like it's not as it's pounding on the roof of the studios here. But I'm uh, going to dig into that a little bit and also – uh, got some other things going on with the LSU baseball team. Still just kind of uh, struggling to figure it out after a, a, a week night last night against the Grambling State Tigers, but did get the win. A lot more coming up later in the podcast, but right now I want to bring in my co-host, Mr. Jake Martin. How are you doing today, Jake? Man, I am good. I am just, you know, I'm way too young to be thinking about retirement, but it's kind of a bummer to know that I will never retire as well as Kobe did last night. Well, uh, that's a great segue because I was going to ask you what who had the bigger night last night, and I think it's obvious by reading social media. Uh, <laughs> the Golden State Warriors or Kobe Bryant? Uh, you know, Golden State. We've talked about them on the podcast all year, Jake. Uh, first of all, I think they're the most fun team to watch in the NBA. They made me interested in the NBA again. Uh, I grew up, you know, in the heyday of the Bulls. Uh, that the record that they broke last night. I remember watching most of those games. Uh, Back in 95, 96 as a kid. Uh, the past few years, I just really, ha- I guess, got out of the – wasn't interested anymore. And then Steph Curry comes along and, and kind of changes the game. Steph with a huge night, 10 three-pointers last night as they went on to beat the Grizzlies and, and mark that 73-9 record. But you mentioned Kobe uh, in his final game, 50 shots for 60 points uh, <laughs> to say uh, Saranara on his swan song over at Staples Center. What do you think? Kobe had the big night. Uh, here's the thing. I'm, I'm surprised Kobe got 60 points. Uh, it obviously did rule uh, Twitter. And, and, and I think it had more interest than the Warriors game if you just look at social media and, and, and the celebrities and everything else. Me, me personally, though, I was way more invested in the, in the Warriors game. I because, agree. Yeah. And I grew up a Kobe fan. I had a Kobe Bryant jersey. Um, Come on. You but, still got it? Uh, I think it's somewhere stashed. And you know what? My dad might have, my dad might have made me get rid of it when all the the, the rape allegations were going on. So oh, okay, he made you put that one back. I could understand that. <laughs> but, like my, it was like my Sean Kemp jersey. I think right. my dad had the same thing. But as far as the Warriors go, I, I was you know that's the game I was watching, and it's because you know you you'll you'll see great players retire. Uh, like when LeBron retires, I, I think it, I personally think it'll be a bigger deal than Kobe, and not not to discredit Kobe, but I think LeBron's a better overall player, and so I think you know you have him retiring in the future, and you know you'll have more moments like that. I don't know if we'll ever see another team break uh, what what's now the Warriors' record with seventy three wins in a season. That's just it's phenomenal, and not only did they did they do it, but Steph also made his four hundredth three-pointer on the season in the process and to to shed a little light on that 
no other player in NBA history has 300 three-pointers in a season, and Steph has 402. Now, have you ever seen a shooter like Steph Curry? Now, you look at his coach, Steve Kerr, one of the all-time greats, uh, three-point shooters. He has to be looking at this guy saying, uh, if there's any player I ever wanted to coach and have on my team, this is this is it. This is the prototype. And well, he, he's, he said that Steph can take any shot he wants, literally, any shot he wants. And it's because – Steph can create his own shot, and he's he's so good at you know he's he's like Ray Allen without the ball. He's so good at moving without the ball, but mm-hmm. what ta- he takes it another step than Ray Allen because he can create his own shot with his dribble off the dribble. And I mean, he's just he's phenomenal to watch. And watching him explode like he did in the first quarter last night, it's something he does almost every game. But it's just it, it still amazes me. It, it really does. Now the Warriors will get right back to work as the playoffs start Sunday uh, with the Rockets, a, a Rockets team that's been hot as of late. And, and James Harden, a guy that when he's hot, Jake, I think he's a top five player uh, in, in the NBA. And, of course, uh, Dwight Howard showing signs of improvement down there. And with Golden State, if they get this championship this year back-to-back, do you see kind of – Another run, kind of like the Bulls. I mean, this this is looking like a dominant run, like we saw in the mid '90s. Of course, they got a long way to go, but I haven't seen a team really that it's you know kind of jumped out at me that could possibly be compared to them until I watch this Golden State team this year. It, it is because of the star power, and it's because you know with the Bulls you had the trio with with Dennis Rodman, Scottie Pippen, Michael Jordan, of course. Here you have a guy, Steph Curry, who I think is the greatest offensive player in NBA history. I'm going to go ahead and say that. I know it's young in his career, but I've never seen anybody create his own shot and be so proficient behind behind, outside the arc. Uh, So I think you got a guy like Steph Curry. You got a guy like Clay Thompson, who is, I would say, probably the best two way guard in the NBA. He can he can score on the offensive end, and he's a top five uh, defender when it comes to being a guard. Then you add in a guy like Draymond Green who can literally do it all. It's 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 right there with them, man. I think this is the closest thing you're going to see to that, and it's no wonder why they're the ones who broke that record. Do you think that uh, Steve Kerr – I haven't read this anywhere, but do you think that Steve Kerr got a text from Michael Jordan last night? I, I sincerely I doubt, doubt it. He, I doubt he, it. <laughs> I'm sure Jordan is fuming today because that's the kind of person he is. I mean – the guy gets mad when you're playing a round of golf with him and you have a you know a par on a hole and he bogeys one. He hates you for the rest of the day from what I understand. But, uh, you know, they played together. They were teammates on those Bulls teams. But yep. something tells me Jordan didn't probably didn't like seeing Kobe go out like that or right. their, their record get broken. And, uh, and if my memory serves me correctly, I think him and Kerr got into it at practice one, one time. I oh, think. yeah. That's yeah. exactly right. Yeah. And uh, you can totally see that happen. Two very different type of personalities uh-huh. right there. But, yeah, uh, you know, the NBA is – is it's a hot topic right now. So that's good for the league. I think Steph Curry has been great for the league and the Warriors, a team that was, let's face it, absolutely dismal for a lot, a lot of years, uh, is now no doubt the front runner for, the, you know, the most dominant team in the NBA. And, you know, LeBron – for. The past few years when he was down with the Heat, would you have thought this this kid Steph Curry, you know, coming coming out what Dayton uh, would be overtake him as the league superstar? 
uh, D- Davidson. Davidson. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, and I was a big fan of him when he was at Davidson, but I I would have never foreseen this. I really, I really didn't because I mean he was he was a great scorer, but he he was not creating his shot like he is now. I mean it is just phenomenal what he's become. Um, no, I, to answer your question, no, I did not foresee this at all. Well, I'm going to jump off of um, NBA real quick. Remind everybody that the playoffs are getting kicked off over the weekend, though. So if you're looking for something to uh, catch your attention and keep you entertained, that, that'll be a good one. Warriors and the Rockets on Sunday. But uh, on a sad note, Jake, uh, it's a hard week for the New Orleans Saints since our last podcast. Uh, just on a lot of levels of the tragedy uh, with with Will Smith that I think speaks a lot more to the the overall culture of New Orleans and how things are desperately out of control there more so than just, you know, the saints. It's a much bigger than that deal. But of course, and then there's Hoji, Hokey guy, John, a, a guy that you and I, and, and, and a lot of people in the South are going to, you know, remember that voice with the saints probably our entire life passed away Monday at the age of 56 battling cancer since last fall, missed a lot of games and just uh, a tough week for the black and gold. Yeah, and I loved listening to Hokey because he was one of those. It made you seem like your your friend was telling you about the game, you know, you, or, or your older uncle was was telling you about the game because he he didn't paint it, he, you know, he didn't sugarcoat it. He just he That's told right. it like it was, and he. That's was, the best color man that yeah. can do something like that, you know. Henderson is is an amazing play by play guy, but you got to have a color guy that can jump in there, and he's kind of the guy you you would want to sit next to at the bar watching the game, right? And just telling you like it is. And Hoagie did that perfectly. And let's also mention he's an LSU guy too. I mean, the guy is a Louisiana legend. Really hated to hear that. You know, he could not recover from that battle from cancer, and uh, I'm not sure who. The Saints are, are, are going to be looking at to replace him, but it's, it's, you, you won't be able to. It's going to be tough to do. Right, and, and as far as Will Smith goes, it's just such a sad, sad story. You know, he, he posts on Instagram something like, uh, this is just like a beautiful day with his, with his wife, and then... It's at the French Quarter Festival, I believe. And then, and then of course, you know, the, the tragedy happens. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there are more details coming out about this every day. Yes. Um, so, so I really don't want to make a comment either way right now until we know all the details. But that's a good, yeah, <laughs> that's a good thing to do because you're right. right. And and the reason more details coming out every day is because of, you know, videos captured by people that are coming forward, uh, videos that are on the streets down there that they're putting together these this situation that it, it, it's playing out like it was just it could have actually been you know something more than just a random event. We don't know that yet, but uh, one thing is for certain, Will Smith is dead, and uh, a child lost their father, and a husband lost their wife, and a, I mean, a wife lost her husband, and she saw him, you know, murdered in front of him, and that's just, and that's just horrible. Um, I know, li- looking at Coach Payton's comments, and a lot of the Saints teammates, they're, they're seeing that panic button, you know, creeping up, too. I mean, they realize that Something is definitely broken down there, and I don't I don't know the answer to, to fix what what's going on. I I just know that this affects a lot of people in the sporting world, which we're a part of, and uh, it, it's sad to see. It does, and, and you hate to see somebody like Tyron Matthew, who who spoke out. I was very that was uh, a great great article you're referring to, Jake. I, I meant to bring that up. 
and, and but you hate to see that he's getting death threats now because he went out on a limb and, and said all the things that he said. I commend you know Matthew for for, for being a voice for that for for New Orleans and uh, mm-hmm. other others have stepped out and, and said said some things as well that you know it needs to be brought to attention. Like this culture, uh, it needs to change. I, I yeah, mean, yeah. it's 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 getting a little out of. I mean, it's been, it's probably been out of hand, but en- enough's enough already. Enough is enough. Yes, it is. Jake, I want to uh, want to mention everybody that you can download us on iTunes, all the pre- previous shows and all the new shows that come up every Thursday um, by searching hannapub.com. If you do not have an Apple product, you can always get the SoundCloud app or the Podbean app, and we're available on there as well. Later on the show, we're going to uh, talk a little LSU football spring game that's coming up on Saturday at 3 p.m. on the SEC Network down in Tiger Stadium. But uh, I want to talk about a couple of real big local baseball games coming up in the next few days. And right now, I know it's getting some weather over there. And uh, Monroe, we're getting a lot of rain here. All the games here in Franklin Parish have been canceled. But uh, OCS Sterlington was set to show down tonight two undefeated 2-2A teams, Jake. Uh, this one has all the makings for two really great ball games. It really does. Uh, Sterlington's feeling pretty good right now. They, they have multiple people in the lineup that are stepping up, and, and Spencer Davis has been hanging tough on the mound. Uh, meanwhile, OCS, you know, they, they face the cream of the crop this year, and, and they're coming off of uh, winning five of their last six. They're kind of starting to really uh, get into the groove. Guys like uh, Killian Hicks and Ty O'Neill and Bo Bailey, they're hitting the ball really well, which is making that lineup oh so dangerous because you've got other guys like Jake Slaughter and Ryan Reynolds who are kind of the faces of, the, of this of this uh, OCS team so OCS is starting to click on all cylinders while you know Sterlington's starting to get production throughout the lineup as well so this is this is shaping up to be a, a very good game um, I, I look for Spencer Davis and Aaron George to battle it out on the mound tonight if they're able to get it in I'm not sure I hadn't really uh, been able to, to contact the coaches yet but right. uh, because they're in class. But if they're able to get it in, I think this is going to be an outstanding game with two really good pitchers and two lineups that have proven more than capable of, of squeezing some runs past the plate. Well, it's certainly really interesting because the bullseye have, has been on OCS's back all year, obviously, for all the talent they brought back, all the D1 commits from that state championship team in 1A a year ago. Sterlington, the district champions, had a great year last year. No one really expected them to be in this position, I don't think, at the end of the year uh, where they're at right now, just quietly getting it done, chipping away, and really getting some some great wins. So it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. Two teams, of course, a lot of history. uh, Big rivals, just a few miles separating them. We'll check. I will update uh, on WashingtonCitizen.com if there is cancellation. But that game scheduled for tonight between OCS and Sterlington. But right now, heavy, heavy, heavy storms. Uh, Jake, want to talk about another district game though that uh, has implications for district title: the Neville Tigers and the Red Hot West Washita Chiefs. Uh, these teams. Each year are the two of the top teams in two four A. But coming into this season, I think people looked at the teams Tioga and Grant that yeah. the new teams in two four A and said, well, they're historically really good in baseball too. We're gonna it's gonna be iffy for Neville or West Washington to just 
you know, waltz in and get a, a district title, but they've pretty much uh, gotten it done. Neville has done it the hard way, fighting through injuries and having to fight back late in the season. But back on track is po- Coach Paul Guerrero. And I know Mitch Thomas or West Washita is really happy with the way his team's playing. Well, these are two really, really fun stories. First, with West Washita, you got a team that really, like you said, they were kind of counted out. They lost a lot of seniors from last year. You were getting some new new uh, pitchers. And, you know, mm-hmm. Luke Cunningham, he was a freshman last year. He got some innings in. But he was stepping up to be the guy this year. And, you know, I, I did the math. He's at, he has three runs allowed in the last 32 innings pitched. Has more than 30 strikeouts during that span, too. So he's been red hot. What Mitch, is it about Luke? What does Mitch say about Luke that is is just baffling the hitters? Well, what it is is he's he overpowers hitters. He doesn't have a whole lot of pitches in, in his arsenal, but he relies on that fastball. And, man, he, he goes after hitters. And when you have a defense behind you that's as good as Wes Washita's, I mean, you're talking about one of the best shortstops in the state and Zach Watts. Yes. So, you know, when you've got a defense like that behind you, that that also helps. But Luke Honeycutt has been phenomenal f- for this team, and so has Austin Tidwell, who has been just as good in the last in the last month or so. I mean, he's been steady for him all season long. He mixes he mixes up his speeds and he, he has a lot more pitches he plays with. Um, but both of these two together, West Washtal is seven and one in district. They ran absolutely through Grant. All of a sudden, they're the the district favorite when many people didn't foresee that. Meanwhile, you've got Neville, who is in the position to if they if they beat West Washita twice, they'll take the they'll likely take the district crown. Yeah. Um, and they've done it. They haven't. They're eleven and fourteen on the season. They haven't really looked phenomenal because, as you said, they've they've had a lot of injuries, especially on the the pitching staff. But it seems like all season long, Neville has just been that that quiet girl in the corner that most haven't paid attention to. And, and I have a feeling that Neville could be the hottest in the room when the postseason begins because you know guys like uh, Will Ryan and Oliver Campbell they're returning, and once they get in that back into that rotation i mean this team's confidence is going to get better and it, also a guy like dixon houston who, ha, who who has been good this year but hasn't been as good as he was last year right. all of a sudden he's catching fire in the at the two hole I, i'm telling you i really like uh like neville's chances here uh to getting hot and, and getting in the postseason and making a run right now west washington and neville going at it it don't get much better than that because these two teams <laughs> yeah. are, are are getting hot at the right time that's right, and they got some games coming up uh, this week. Now they are they, they have the first game scheduled tonight as well. Correct, they have okay. their first game scheduled tonight. I, you know, we'll see if that holds up. I'm going to start calling some coaches as soon as we get off this podcast. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll yeah. see. If that- well, I, I read in your story, Coach Paul Guerrero. You know, has really, really was speaking highly of Dixon Houston. What you mentioned coming around hitting. You know, I think he, four for four in uh, a triple against that in that Tioga win. Yeah. Uh, that, that is something that they haven't really had, you know, either it, it has been pitching has, has kind of been, they've been trying to piece together who's going to be on the mound, but they're starting to get those big pitching performances and starting to hit the ball. Like we are used to Neville seeing. So, uh, man, I, I don't know if it's these, one of the, these games are going to get played either tomorrow. And we know we got some Saturday, hopefully if the weather keeps out of here, I don't know which one I would go to, but uh, these are two outstanding games. 
Uh, yes, that's a tough thing, man, is picking which one to go to. Uh, and mm-hmm. also with West Washita, you know, Micah Menard and, of course, Zach Watson, they've been, uh, you know, the, the staples in that lineup. But lately, guys like Sawyer Chilton and, and Drew Thomas have been heating up. So kind of like OCS, their whole lineup is starting to become dangerous. And yeah, I, I just really like that Chiefs team, especially after they beat Grant 9 to nothing. That was a statement. Oh, without a doubt. And, and, Grant, and also hit – off the uh, LSU committed pitcher for Grant, nine to nothing. So, you know, a very good West Washington team that is very seasoned this time of year. Jake, I want to jump to 5A, though. I know there was a, a little bit of shakeup in some games over there last week. Uh, the Washington Lions and the, and the West Monroe Rebels, two teams that are, you know, in the top, uh, I think, 15 in power rankings. I know the Rebels are in the top 10 of the recent power rankings. Uh, what, what, what do you think about – the Washtell Lions after getting that win over West Monroe. Well, it was funny because Washita, Austin Tidwell, um, West Washita, they Austin Tidwell kind of shut down West Monroe last Tuesday. Yeah, uh, he, he limited limited them to three hits and, and got the shutout victory. Then West Monroe goes into a series with Washita and Caleb Armstrong, pretty much has his way with West Monroe's lineup, and they went four to one. So I, I go and I talk to Wade Semino, and I'm just like, what, what's kind of, you know, by the way, that, that Washtaw victory was West Monroe's first district loss in the last two years, including this year. Stunning. So, Stunning. Right. And so I was talking to, to, to Coach Semino about it, and he, he told me, he said, you know, this, this is our first loss in two years, but this might be exactly what we needed. And boy, he hit it right on the nail because the next two days, they they get victories. They win the series. All of a sudden, they're right back in the driver's seat in the district with an eight and one record. Um, you know, Washita's right there, but with West Monroe finally getting finally getting that lineup, you know, guys like Slade Bolden finally getting out of that slump. Um, yes. I mean, both teams are, are very good, and they're they're neck and neck. But right now, West Monroe is finding. And finding ways to, to get it done and, and, and get these district victories when really you, you watch them and you're going, I'm not exactly sure how they're doing that. Yeah, West Monroe 8-1 and one in district play, two-game lead over Ash, 6-3, and three, Matthew Beck and the Ash Trojans. Uh, for the So they'll be uh, battling them for the first place spot. Washtaw in third place with a 4-5 and five district record. So uh, a lot of uh, things are going to shake up in the local baseball scene over the course of the next weeks as, uh, you know, two weeks away from the postseason, Jake. Can't wait. Um, I want to jump over to LSU football while we still have a little time because we got the spring game coming up 3 p.m. on the SC Network, and I know you are very excited, along with a lot of people, to see what's going to happen in a number in a number of uh, parts of this LSU team. Uh, I got one quick question that – I'm curious about, and I want to know your opinion about the LSU receiving core is going to be going to look a little different this year. We yeah. know that uh, we had a couple transfers, a uh, local guy, John Diaz transferred over to TCU. Uh, Trey Quinn's gone. Traven Duval, he, he did not, Duval, he did not have the best season last year. I don't think in my opinion, but he's definitely the best receiver coming back without a doubt. Who, who are you seeing out of these guys like DJ shark, Johnson that might step in and along with Malachi Dupree, obviously who had, I thought had a really breakout season last year, you know, fill in and and have a, make a big name for themselves early on in the receiving core. 
What's interesting is I figured Tyron Johnson would be the third receiver, but just going off of practices and, and, and watching it, I don't think he's – I think he's been almost demoted this spring. I'm not sure what's going on there. But right now, DJ Chark is considered a starter, and so is Jazz Ferguson. Keep in mind that Doral is sitting out because he's still recovering from that hamstring injury. And Jazz redshirted last year, right? A six foot five receiver, I believe, from uh, West Feliciana. And this guy is all of that six foot five. He is a <laughs> big receiver. Um, to answer your question, I, you know, I feel like I, you know, fool me once, fool, shame on me, fool me twice, you know. Yeah. How the saying goes. <laughs> yes, I do. Shame uh, on everybody. With 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 Chark, it's, it's I'm almost reluctant to pick him because. He's, you know, last year we fell for the same track. He was, he had such a great spring. He looked phenomenal. Then the fall came, we didn't see him at all. So this year, I, I'm, I'm still going to pick Chark, even though I do love Jazz Ferguson. I'll tell you another guy to watch out for is D. Anderson. Anderson has looked really good this spring. Um, there's to answer your question, there's a number of guys, yeah. but I think Chark is ready to break out. I think uh, Ferguson can really. Uh, give the Tigers some some added size, and and I think Malachi Dupree uh, will continue to be great. Um, he I, he was phenomenal last year, and uh, he I, I, you know I would argue with you. I would say he's he's the Tigers' best receiver over wow. Drell, um, but Drell's right there too. So the good thing is you have a lot of options there. Yes, um, but somewhere where there's not a lot of options, where there is, but a lot of uncertainty, isn't still at the linebackers spot. Um, you know we talked about this. Two months ago, Jake, and then you, you know, you hexed Kendall Beckwith. He had the injury. Yeah. Uh, how how is he doing, by the way? And who who are we going to see uh, jump out to be, you know, the, maybe the starting three? So, because they're they're going to sort of a three four type defense, I, mm -hmm. I would pick uh, Beckwith and Duke Riley as the inside linebackers. And I think Arden Key and Corey Thompson are going to be starting outside linebackers. That's but exciting. It is very exciting. And, and, and you know, Tayshawn Bowers right there with Thompson. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Bowers start over Thompson, actually. Um, but, you know, they're still trying to figure out who goes where. Um, Donnie Alexander has looked great this spring. He might, um, he might contend for one of those inside linebacker positions. And so is Devin White, the true freshman. Uh, so... I'm interested to see how those how each of those linebackers look, and I think you're going to see about eight different guys throughout the season shifting in and out, and uh, you know maybe more than that if if guys like Devin Voorhees get to see some playing time at the position. Of course, first year for defensive coordinator Dave Aranda, it's just a lot of excitement around this defense, even though a little uncertainty here and there. I, I don't know. I, you have that feeling that we're going to see some really exciting things out of. Aranda's defense, Jake. Oh, absolutely. That's it's, and and it's, you know, they're going to go back to a man-based defense, which I love, and they're going to be put a lot of pressure on people. And I'm just, I just can't wait to see Arden Key. Wait to see how Aranda's going to use Arden Key because Key. You look at, you know, when you go to LSU practices, every single one of those guys are athletes, but Key stands out amongst everybody. I mean, you look at Key and you go, yeah, that's an NFL player. Oh, so, yeah. I think he's. I mean, he just he just looks like it. And of course, we saw with this play last year how how talented he is. So I think this year is going to be his breakout year. And I think uh, 
the nation will be talking about Arden Key after this season. Yeah, I, I like your pick there as a breakout player. Uh, that, we're out of time this week. I want to remind everybody to tune in each week every Thursday on WashtalCitizen.com for a new episode of Citizen Sports. You can also download all our episodes on iTunes by searching HannahPub.com and Podbean, SoundCloud, and also on Stitcher. Uh, local sports update, the Boys and Girls Golf Club Classic is set for April 29th. That's a Friday at 8 a.m. and 1.30 p.m. tee times. Anybody interested in signing up for that, supporting the local Boys and Girls Club, should contact William Owl at 323-5368. Jake, I hope we get the games in today. Uh, Maybe not, but we'll definitely get some in over the next few days, and I can't wait to see the results. You and me both, brother. Until next week, I'm Matt Reynolds. That's Jake Martin. Thanks for listening, everybody.